Chosen Mamas. Welcome to season two of the Chosen Mamas podcast. We are so excited to dive into some really amazing topics over this next semester. Please join us, sit down with a cup of coffee or tea, and just be invited in to share in fellowship with us as Christian moms. Good morning and happy Wednesday. Today, Amanda and Rachel will be discussing a few life-changing points from a speaker featured at If Gathering 2021. If Gathering is a Christian conference for women, but it's not only an event, but rather a discipleship ministry focused on putting tools and resources in the hands of women in the church. Through these, IF is able to empower women to reclaim discipleship as God's means to change the world. So don't worry if you didn't see the conference yourself. Amanda and Rachel will be explaining this anonymous pastor's story and challenge to us all in a way that you will be able to follow along. We hope that you enjoy this talk and that you are able to glean some of God's words to you individually today. Well, Rachel, I don't have any notes on this pastor because listening to him, I just, I could not breathe. I could not move. I didn't take any notes. Um, essentially, Jenny Allen did an interview at an undisclosed location with a pastor whose identity, face, and voice was masked, altered, so that it would uh, be a protection to him and his family. He had a very interesting story and basically is working in underground churches in the Middle East where his wife is from. And man, it was just, it's hard to convey succinctly what he talked about. A lot of conviction for us, I think, as um, American Christians, looking at what our church model is and where our society is and where our culture is, Knowing that there is such an authentic, raw, thriving, booming church happening in underground settings in very dangerous parts of the world where there is a lot of persecution. He he was inspiring. He was encouraging. And I would say he was convicting, thinking, you know, what are we doing here? Specifically, he talked about meeting his wife. And, and if you want to, in a minute, you can talk about his wife's background. But when he met his wife, they got married and, and moved to back to a Western country. I think that's all he ever described it as, was mm-hmm. a Western country. Bringing her into that lifestyle where he had great paying job and cars and a house and all kinds of stuff. And after two months, she was depressed. And he just said to her, how could you be depressed? And she said, everyone over here lives in a lullaby and when I try and wake up the lullaby just gets faster and he talked about how we don't engage people anymore we go places we go to the gas station we go to the grocery store but our goal is to basically get in get our stuff and to leave without talking to anyone without visiting especially now right because that's discouraged Mm -hmm. so we have opportunities that people in other places are taking maybe because that's the only method they have for communicating with other people in a covert way but we have those same opportunities it's just we don't look at them as opportunities we just look at them as normal life and that's how we do things here we pay for stuff with an app 
we expect it to be ready at the drive-through or someone will bring it out to our car and we leave and the problem is those people are perishing but we don't look at it that way because we are lulled to sleep and we are lulled into a lie by the one who when he lies he speaks out of his own character and he's telling us this is just your life just wake up and do it again the next day and meanwhile we're just all asleep mm-hmm. yeah and i think the words that i that she um specifically used was a satanic lullaby which was like i think every person that heard that in the room was like <gasps> you know just as audible like and you're just felt that weight on your chest and this is somebody that we're talking about um, was a radical Muslim. He talks a little bit about her background. Um, very well educated in the Quran and was ready to die, you know, jihad, holy war, for Allah. And she came to Christ through a miracle, basically, of her mother being healed. And she said, actually, I'd like to go back to that place that place where I'm likely going to die, uh, you know, of because of my faith. And that's where she wanted to go back versus the church, you know, because it was under satanic lullaby. And it's, it's so astounding and so, so convicting, as you said, how we view our little lives and how the things we get upset about or, you know, just different things. And it's like, wait, what are, what are we really focusing on? Um, he talked about, Jenny asked him the question, like, what are the first steps? Like, how do you create such a thriving faith, you know, in, in this culture or, you know, how, what are you doing like there? And he said, simple obedience, which I found it interesting. He's like, we just, we ask the Lord for the next step. You know, we go and we do, and he says, do this and go here talk to this person, talk to this person, simple obedience. It's not anything like crazy, profound, like formulaic. It's just like simple obedience. Um, do you remember what he said about um, converts, how they run away in persecution, but disciples will die for Christ? Yes. And I was just so struck by that. As you think back to the early church, even 11 out of the 12, you know, obviously Judas was replaced by a different, you know, person, but 11 out of the 12 disciples died a martyr's death. You know, John was the only one that didn't. And so we're talking when they followed Christ, like they were probably going to their death for this faith in Christ. And these are what these Christians in the Middle East are doing. And um, I just, wow, it was just so impactful. What he says she asked him, what's the difference between a convert and a disciple? And like you said, she said, a convert is not someone who's willing to die for Christ. And you're going to have to help me because I didn't write it down. She said, a convert knows Jesus as Savior, but mm-hmm. not King. Yes. But when mm-hmm. when Jesus, when God is your, is your King and your Savior, you have an allegiance to Him. And so he said the model they use, I mean, model makes it sound formal. I mean, this is just raw, authentic, a network of house churches, okay? So we're not talking about church in a corporate sense. We're talking about house churches. What they do is they disciple people to Christ because if you know where your allegiance is, you not only see him as savior, but you also see him as king. He says that, you know, there are not, and and think about this. We've never thought about this. With the number of people there are in the world, we don't have enough church buildings. It's not possible. You could not fit creation all of humanity into church buildings but there are enough houses 
And so that, again, sounds formal. It's not, but the model they use is house churches, which he references several times in the book of Acts because that's, of course, what we see in the early church. We did not have church buildings. One of my favorite parts was Jenny saying in the introductory video for this that this network of churches is operating without a bank account, without a 501c3. This is just people doing the work of Christ in a very real front lines happening at the moment kind of way. One of the comparisons that they made in comparison to the Western church versus what they're seeing over in the Middle East is the pastor said, the Western church has a come and see mentality. Oh, okay, I'm going to invite you to church. Come and see, check out Jesus. He said that we have a go and find mentality. As Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. You know, go out and seek the lost. That's the mentality they have, is that they are going and finding. And I think that's really what you brought out for those of us that were at the chosen meeting this um, for March, where you talked about sharing the gospel. And have you thought about how you would talk to somebody and share Christ with them? It's that go and find concept. You know, we have opportunity after opportunity that we can share Christ with people. And we miss it so many times because we're like, well, come see, you know, oh, if you feel like it, if it's comfortable for you, if it's convenient. It's like, no, that's not the mentality that they use to approach it. They have um, women who are former prostitutes that are ministering to other prostitutes and bringing them to Christ. And it's, it's amazing to hear you know, just the work that God's doing there. And it definitely causes you to pause and ask the question. And I'm still wrestling with these questions. You know, what, what is my response to this? How do I want to conduct myself in my daily life? And that's the question I'd ask any of our listeners. When you hear this pastor from the Middle East speak, what does it cause you to want to do? And if you know Christ and you have the Holy Spirit in your life, that first thing that pops into your mind, it's probably a good place to start when you think, what could I do? And God says, well, there was this, there's this. Do it. Like we have the power of the Holy Spirit available to us, but we ignore it so frequently because we're scared or we don't think we're good enough or whatever our excuse is. I would just encourage you to think about that question really deeply and ask the Lord, what is it you're asking me to do? What is simple obedience? What is the next step of obedience for me personally? And it may look different for each and every person, but I think we can learn so much from his spirit and his courageous, just courageousness of following Christ, the next step. Yeah, it's it's definitely made me take a different Um, lens to things whereas before and and you can probably relate you look at your day the things that happen and you just think oh things just happen because that's just how things happen it's by chance it's by accident or oh it was so funny I ran into that person or oh wasn't that just a coincidence that they were there at the same time I was and I started to think no like we can't look at our lives that way if we believe in God who is a God of order and that there is a purpose to our lives, we have to see things that God has woven every single moment together for a purpose. 
There are not things that just happen on accident. And so the people that you rub shoulders with every day or the job that your husband takes or the move that you have to make because you're transferred, those things all have a purpose. I think back to our guest speaker from February and the situation she found herself in as a captive and thinking God had her there on purpose. And who else would have reached an isolated terrorist group with the gospel had it not been for her story? Like we can't just look at things anymore as, oh yeah, like we just took this job or oh, the boss thought that he needed to move to this department. Like no, every single interaction I have, every single person I know is because God is trying to reach other people with the gospel. Like that is the only purpose for our relationships. So I've just, I've had a huge shift in my mindset, just going into routine things, thinking I can't just stay asleep anymore. I have to look at everything as an opportunity to see what God is wanting me to share with that person. I'm not just saying that in a casual sense. That is a huge responsibility and weight to have on yourself, to no longer just say, oh, I'm just going to run to the store for this, but be open to the fact that that person who um, you know, you missed a call from, that person who parked next to you in a parking lot, like whatever the situation is, it's, it's more than meets the eye. It's more than we can grasp in that moment. You know, there's more, there's more that God has for us to do through those things. I think it brings us to what Christine King spoke about where um, the scripture in the Bible says the, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. And the call to action that she gave to any person that was attending, if any person that's even listening to this podcast, that we can be laborers in this work that God has set out for us. And we don't have to have a you know PhD or a, a doctorate of theology or any of these things. We simply have to follow Christ and look for those moments, those God moments that he ordains. And we can reach a lost and dying world with the gospel, even in our, you know, our ordinary lives. Jenny Allen announced that on April 20th, they're actually going to be offering the entire interview they did with that Middle Eastern pastor. Um, So stay tuned for more information about that. Um, If you want resources, check out If Gathering's website. They have so many things um, that they offer. And if you're Right Now Media, if you have that, check it out. They often release that, a lot of the talks on Right Now Media after the fact. Thank you for listening today. We want to leave you with a few questions based on the discussion that Rachel and Amanda had. Is Jesus Savior in your life? And if He is, is He also King? And if He's not, how could He be? Do you have the come and see mentality when it comes to sharing your faith with others? Or do you have the go and find mentality? And finally, What is your responsibility to the family and community that you're placed in right now when it comes to representing and sharing the gospel with your words and with your life? Thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next time.